I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Broken Tangent Animation Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Paddock. Today we get to interview a good friend of mine and a fellow co-worker of about seven years, James McCoy. Um, James has been working at Blizzard for, shoot, 17 years. Uh, More than likely he's worked on one, if not all of your favorite cinematics over the years. Um, We talked to James about his humble beginnings coming in from Virginia um talked to him about demo reels talked to him about interview tactics and skills we talked to him about stresses of the industry because we all know that whether you're in video games tv movies or just a student there are stresses in this industry and he has a lot of of good information on how to deal with some of those stresses and to keep your mental health and physical health good um I got to apologize if you end up watching the video. There's a big black box in front of me because I forgot to take off my badge. And for NDA reasons, I need to cover that up. So I apologize. Next time, that won't happen. I'll be cognizant of that. Um, Otherwise, I'll also have the audio-only version up on iTunes. Um, You can check out the both versions I'll have up on my website at www.thebrokentangent.com. That's all one word. Um, If you watch it on YouTube, give us a like, hit that subscribe button. Um, I'm hoping to do a lot more of these as time goes on. Um, As some of you might know, it's been a long time coming to finally get this first episode out. Um, Probably about a year it's taken me to get things approved and looking good and, and, and up to the standard that I wanted. So I can't thank you all enough for coming in and checking this out. Um, again, here is our first episode of the Broken Tangent Animation Podcast with James McCoy. Um, he is a principal animator at Blizzard Entertainment Animation Department, otherwise known as the Cinemax Department. So please enjoy, and again, thank you for coming out. Go support an artist. Be nice to one another. Be kind to one another. You know the drill. We'll see you guys next time. The kids and everybody else are going to love it. The I'm kids sure. will love it. The kids will love it. That's why we do it, it for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. So we're rolling. Um, Welcome to the Broken Tangent Animation Podcast, episode one, officially. All right. And uh, who better to start the series with but James McCoy, principal animator for Blizzard Entertainment, Blizzard Animation Department. We've had a lot of names over the years, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just start from the beginning. I mean, your first credit is 2001 at Blizzard, which gives you... 17 years here? Yeah, been a long time. Man, great to be here, and uh, it, it has definitely been a long time. It goes by really fast, and uh, I, I got started in 2001, like right after the, the tech bubble burst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I worked a couple jobs before this, okay. but this was kind of my first industry job, you okay. know, first time in games and any kind of entertainment thing. So before that, let's, let's rewind even before 2001. Where, when you were growing up in Virginia, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. 
did you, were you big into art when you were little, when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. It? Okay. Big time. I used to draw on the desk at school. Nice. The teachers hated it. They'd have to erase all this stuff. Uh, I had a lot of friends. We, we watched a lot of anime. We played a lot of video okay. games. You name it. The nerdier, the better. We did all kinds of stuff like that. I was really into animation and, okay. and, and drawing and stuff. Yeah. Was it uh, like Saturday morning cartoons you got like really into that kind of carved the path for your animation career, you would say? Or was it more the anime and the video games that got you more into, I want to study this path of, of animation? or? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, you've seen like Macross and Robo yeah. Be back then it was called like Robotech, the American version. Yes, yes. Uh, all that stuff was really cool. But then I saw Nausicaa. When I was Ooh. a kid, I was in a maybe like fourth or fifth grade or something like that. I saw Nausicaa on TV, okay. which is a Miyazaki movie, and that that just like flipped the switch. Like from that point, I was just like turned into a robot. I was like must animate That's forever. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. Did you start off like doing two D animation type of things? Yeah. Okay. Started with two D. Just I got this internship at like a a local studio, and uh, it was a very very small thing, but I. They didn't have a lot for me to do, but I learned a little bit of 2D there, okay. and just a little as much 2D as I as I could at home. But there's not a lot of resources back then to do that at home very much. Like I was you didn't have, say. you couldn't really do much on the computer. Okay, and having all that camera equipment was just like there's no way. It was very basic. Was that first job like super low tech? Where you're doing like the Xerox copies for the frames and and bringing it in on VHS like reel to reel type of things? Yeah, and they uh, they barely had me doing anything. They really just said, hey, just like design some characters and do okay. a couple of animation tests and copy stuff from like Preston Blair book and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a good way to go. It, it was it was really short and I you could barely call it an internship. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. There wasn't much to it. Did you go to university before that happened or after? I did that in I think around high school. Okay. And then I went to uh, James Madison University in Virginia. Okay. And went there for five years and I went there for music. Oh, I no kidding. I started with music. I, I played trumpet since the fifth grade, was really into jazz, really into orchestral stuff. Nice. So I, and then I got into college through music. Okay. And then like halfway through college, I just ran into a different group of people and my flame for wanting to do animation kicked back in. Interesting. And I just pretty much like completely switched gears and switched everything over to uh, as much animation as I could at that time. Were the people that you met already into animation or art as well and kind of like fueled that passion? Or yeah. were they, oh, they were also into they it? They were okay. really into it. And uh, I met um, Seth Thompson and I met uh, Jeff Chamberlain. Okay. And another guy named Matt Carafano, who all, the, the, the four of us were, were like always in the computer lab and we learned like a ton of stuff from each other. We were always talking about animation, always joking around, always having a good time. Teaching a lot of stuff to each other. Yeah. You know, um, at the time, the we were learning just as fast as the professors were. Like, it was really fast moving. I know? bet. So yeah. you were going to school for art at that point with, with them? Okay. Yeah, like, I, I started with a music degree, a, a degree in, like, music uh, um, industry. Yeah. So learning how to do composition and, like, recording music. Nice. So I was doing that. I learned that was really helpful for animation, too. Yeah. But then... Timing. Uh, yeah, timing, rhythm, yeah. also learning how to compose music and understanding like the different instruments, what they mean, how they're used in in, in the in an orchestra. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is really good. Um, and then, I guess when I when I got to meet these other other people in animation, they didn't really have like an animation program or an animation degree. So I had to drop my music music industry degree. Um, so I got like a minor in music. Yeah. And then I just picked up multimedia. 
is what it was called because I was like pretty much <laughs> the closest thing there was. There yeah. really no animation degree or anything like that. Yeah. It was really just like, uh, you know, learning how to do multimedia and um, macromedia stuff at the time and like flash and websites, flash websites yes. and things like that. Yes. But there was this one animation class, and that's where I met those people. Mm. Uh, and uh, that one animation class, we were doing like Lightwave and okay. things like that. So Lightwave was the, Lightwave the was preferred the software back yeah. then. That's interesting. I, I got my start in high school. I got to touch 3D Studio Max R2. Nice. And I, I got hooked because I could start hooking up particle bombs and make spheres and geometry explode. And that's all I did for months. That's all you need And to that do. was my gateway yeah. into it. So with you changing from music degree to media arts degree, were your parents like, hey, whoa, all of a sudden you want to start looking into the media arts thing? Were they, were they into it? Were they supportive? Or was it kind of like a, a big change of... They're pretty what supportive. Okay, I mean, nice. Yeah, they're, nice. They've always been super, super supportive. That's good. My my mom and dad gave me a trumpet like a long time ago in, in like fourth or fifth grade, and yeah. I just caught on to music. And I I kind of did drop music, but I, I've always still used it and still really love music after that. Yeah. Uh, so it it was a good change for me. But do you I'll, still play music? I still do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Still do. Yeah. I took three years of piano. Nice. We should start a we jazz band. The duo. <laughs> <laughs> Trumpet and piano is all you need. Maybe a bass player. We yeah. can get a trio in there. I know a bass player. Hey, perfect. I know a bass player, yeah. yeah. I like where this is going already. Yeah. We're going to have a uh, Blizzard jazz band coming up <laughs> one of these days. That's super cool. Um, so how long was that program for, the, the media arts program? That was about five years. Oh, wow. Well, the program was, was about four years, but because I did a switch, I ended up doing like five years. Okay. And then I also kind of like, I did the requirements for music and the requirements for multimedia and then I was just like screw it I'm just going to keep taking other classes that I think I need Yeah. so I, I did the credits that I needed but then I just kept loading on other stuff that I thought would help me get into character animation at some point nice okay you know, like figure drawing I did it wasn't required but I did as much of that as I could Yeah. and I did like the, the multi-tracking and recording stuff I kept doing that because I knew that would be helpful and I learned like editing and we still made like little short films yeah. and uh, I did as much as I could that even though it was extra credit, it wasn't required. Yeah. And where, I mean, where were you finding out to be like, hey, I need to learn life drawing, I need to learn framing, cinematography. Were you just, was that just from Seth and Jeff? Everyone just kind of talking, going, hey, check this out and learning from what was already out there? Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, we we would meet up and we would go, we planned a trip to like SIGGRAPH one year. Okay, nice. You know? And yeah. so we all drove down to Florida to SIGGRAPH one year, a long time ago, and you get to meet industry people, and we were just like extremely fresh college students, had no idea what was, this industry was about. Yeah. And then started really researching like Disney, like what's really required from okay. Disney to do all this stuff. And so that, that started piecing together, oh, okay, to be an animator, you need to like, you need to know art, you need to know art history, mm -hmm. you need to know anatomy, figure drawing, shape design like a lot of stuff yeah so i was ready. like man i didn't go to art school i didn't do with the full art school classes so that's one thing if i were to go back i probably would have studied more art classes and done a lot more drawing okay i would yeah. say more of the traditional side and yeah just that, that, drawing that always helps yeah yeah i can't i can't say that enough because i am awful at figure drawing no you're not i am no, i've gotten awful, better yeah. i've gotten better over the years and that walt stanchfield book helps a ton it's great it it's really great, just kind of yeah. opens up the mind to think of okay instead of just drawing the figure in front of you like give yourself a story with each drawing and make yeah. sure there's kind of emotion or character behind each one which is not what i was doing in college let's just say that when i was in college i'd say when i graduated 
the demo reel was not industry standard, James. <laughs> uh, do you feel like when you came out of your program, like your reel was ready for a job, like you were ready to, to no, step into it? No, no, okay. no, no, no way. Hmm. Uh, and I, the the only thing that helped me was I was I would talk to Jeff and say, what do you, what sort of things do you think I need to put on there? Sure. And he would say lots of mechanical, you know, body mechanics. Um, is show some complicated actions that we that we might need. And so I did like swimming and I did like a little martial arts piece that my buddy Jerry helped me record. Okay. And I did like swimming, running, uh, and a bunch of other things. It was just like maybe like 10 body, it was all body mechanics. At all that body time. mechanics. No acting whatsoever. Now you were asking yeah. Jeff specifically, was he already here at he that was, point? He was already there and okay. he was like, he already, he was already well into animating. Wow. So he, he had been animating a lot and learned a lot just by being around at Blizzard, so okay. he, he taught me quite a lot early on, yeah. Now when we say, for those not knowing, Jeff is Jeff Chamberlain, who is, I don't know his official title now. I don't was know a, what his title is. When I was there, right. he was a director, basically, he called a lot of the shots and directed a lot of the awesome mm -hmm. pre-rendered cinematics and yeah. some of the in-game cinematics mm -hmm. too, I would imagine. Um, yeah, fantastic artist and great director who gives fantastic feedback. Um, so he was here before you got here, mm -hmm. and then you jumped in on Diablo was your first project. Is that right? It was a Diablo 2 expansion. Just like a little bit. I worked a little a bit little on snippet? that. A little snippet? Yeah, a little tiny bit. It was like a shot or two? It was like uh, they had... You know, do you remember Diablo Diablo 2 expansion where Tyrael throws the sword into the, the into soul the stone? Into the world stone, yeah. Into the world stone, and then it, it blows up into like a 60 billion pieces? Yes. So there's a scene where like these wraiths come up, and they are flying around the room, and they asked me to do the wraiths that are flying in the room. So uh, like, I'm clipping that in, barely, by the way. Hey, I'm clipping that, that shot in right at the beginning here. That's <laughs> that amazing. Was the first thing I did here, yeah. So when you were animating that shot, how nervous were you? I was, was like, I was, I was pretty nervous. Was that the to first shot there. too? You that were was the first doing? thing. Yeah. Okay. I was pretty nervous to be here for sure. It was definitely like proving ground. Okay. Time to prove myself. So yeah. Even even then, there was that like that blizzard overhang of this is the epic place to work. This is the the pinnacle of, of animation for video games. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because I still remember seeing my first cinematic, which was StarCraft, mm -hmm. um, and watching the Terran just that opening episode <laughs> where everyone's exploding in space. And trying to figure out how did they make blood float in 3D Studio Max because I had no idea what particles were, anything like that, uh, and that really got me into the 3D side more. I think to try to research and and dive into the program more and figure out like what can I do with this thing. Yeah, I know I can make things explode. Can I make water? Can I make hair? Can I make grass? That's really cool. Um, so let's go. Let's go. Also back out of school. Like you're saying, it, it you weren't ready for industry jobs at that point no way, did you yeah. end up uh taking side jobs in other art pathways before you got into blizzard or were you kind of working on the side doing odd jobs and working on your stuff at home yeah my um my dad was really helpful he helped me get a job in, in military okay it was in virginia and it's like a giant navy base okay the entire city is a navy base gotcha everyone that you talk to is like oh i'm in the navy everyone's in the navy <laughs> it's just those people do navy every, every, navy <laughs> town i understand and so there was he worked for uh, he would he had been retired at the time and he had worked for a government contractor okay. and they were doing MH fifty three helicopters MH fifty three okay and those are like giant they're not Blackhawks they look sort of like Blackhawks but they're they're these giant helicopters that they use for transport and they okay. use for mine sweeping and all okay. sorts of stuff and so they're pretty amazing helicopters and so I was he was working on that and he got me a job working with them because I knew how to do illustration I knew how to do some some oh. computer graphic stuff. Like really basic 3D and some illustrations type stuff, and so 
it wasn't hard a really hard job to do but not a lot of people knew computer graphics at that time yeah. it was, we're talking a while ago so he helped me with that with that job uh, and I worked there for like a summer and that got me started it gave me something on my portfolio and then then I went away and I worked at two other places after college and then from there I went I went and worked at Blizzard after okay that. yeah so you came straight from were you those other two jobs also in Virginia those were in Virginia and those those were kind of like one one of them was a really small shop and it was like four or five people we did illustration we did uh, some 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 basic get like 2d games we did a lot of print work okay some web work uh, a lot of graphic design were they getting yeah. a lot of military navy contracts at those studios too was that no this one was work those other jobs were in uh, northern virginia okay so it was just kind of like local stuff in northern virginia like alexandria and Okay. DC and stuff like that. Because I never put that in perspective. I helped out with a portfolio review for a Houston school, and their main contractors, their little studios that, that pop up around there, are mainly are mainly oil and fuel based. Oh right. So they get a lot of oil companies and fuel yeah. companies that come in for commercials or advertising and stuff like that. So you would get these students who would be showing character animation, and the other two um, portfolio reviewers that were there were from these small studios in Houston who get this work often, and they're like. We never animate characters. You'll never animate lip sync. You mm -hmm. will never animate a rocket exploding. But if you want to take that texture you got on the rocket and turn it into a pipe <laughs> and put some liquid and put some oil in there, you'll get hired lickety split. Yeah. So it was interesting to be like, oh, you know, I've, I've been, I was lucky to be born in California and only know the California side of the industry. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much anything. It's really uh, minus. Yeah. I guess there's some fuel stuff out here. There's a couple of BP things, but mainly video games and film out here. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, so with that, were you were you hesitant to, to fly out to California for Blizzard at first? Or were you like, this is going to be, this is it. I'm ready for this. Let's just dive in and, and I was fly out. I was excited, man. Yeah. I remember, too, because, like, my buddies that I worked with at the time were, were so awesome. Like, yeah. I remember getting a call from Blizzard while I was at work. Okay. And then, so my, and then my boss was walking down towards, the, towards me on my desk. And then so another friend of mine, he grabbed a hacky sack and he started doing hacky sack with him boss to distract him. Wonderful. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Good, yeah, good, good so, man. Was, was so he the best good. man of your wedding eventually? Was, yeah. <laughs> I'll never moves. forget him. Yeah, I'll never forget him. That was awesome. Really cool. So I talked a little bit and then got an, I got an interview and flew out. And okay. Yeah, all that stuff. How long did it take for them to get back to you after you applied the first time back then? Back then it was actually pretty fast. There was not Stop a lot of people. Stop it. It wasn't. Stop it. Yeah. I'm just going to say it took <laughs> six months to hear back on my first application. Um, I applied online back then, if you can believe it. And I banked on the fact that I went to art school and uh, that I could test their art in the games. And at the time, I don't know if you um, know Omar Gonzalez on Team 2, one of the software engineers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was my, my interviewer. And yeah. he's just like, went to art school? Yep. You like games? Yep. Do you know if there's a bug? If do you know a bug when you see it? And I was like, yeah, like if you fall through the world or if you go through an object. It's like, yeah, those are bugs. Yeah, I know those. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah, I'll give you a call in a couple of weeks. And let you know how it goes. And it was like a five minute interview with a test. Now my test was testing a Warcraft three Frozen Throne map. Oh, cool. For a half hour and just writing the bugs that you find as you test the map. Like, way different than it is now way different than it is now. It's crazy to see how far it's it's kind of been pushed in the last 15 years mm -hmm. and like where we're at now with everything. So with you, back in 2001 working on Diablo, what really kind of pushed 
the tech back then, because I'm sure you guys were dealing with a lot of issues for the type of cinematics that, we're, that we were trying to make back then and just the, the computer part they probably didn't have. Yeah. Was there a lot of, like, technical struggles and just big things or was, like, we need to improve our process or improve the way you work, maybe? Like, can you talk about your process and how you approach the animation side? Yeah, w like, back then, we, we didn't really have a lot of, like, res restricted process or, okay. like, a refined process at all. It was, it was a little bit... It was, there were so few people when I started that we, we worked that out over, over, over the next 15 years. Like, there, there was yeah. so much change that happened over that. And it was pretty much like, it, it's always been like this, where every project, you pick one thing where, that you want to develop and put in okay. and try to advance. Like, if there's this new project has hair, we're going to try to make hair this time and make it work and really, like, push it yeah. and get people around it and get people to test it, get people to program it, and get people to, to run it. So it, it's kind of still the way it's always been. Like you can't do it all in one, one production. Yeah. But you use each production as like a little bit of a stepping stone to, to one up yourself and add one more thing. Was it much more um, Renaissance Man where you were doing like a little bit of lighting, a little bit of modeling? It was mostly yeah. animation. It was, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was like a, we were all pretty much generalists. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I I was generalist, but then I quickly specialized in animation and okay. didn't become a generalist anymore. I really focused on animation and. We did a little bit of everything in the beginning, yeah, and it was great to learn, yeah. But we kind of needed to specialize after a while. Yeah, I want to be the fly in the wall where they decided, like, look, we need to have cinematics as a thing forever. Like this really drives the story of our IPs before we even get the IP out to the public. Yeah, like how how important these short snippets into the worlds are. Like, and then now how far we've come with with the Overwatch in-game cinematics on top of the beautiful pre-render cinematics. They're almost one to one now. But like I know where the render time is probably half in a comparison, but like how close the technology is coming to like now we can get this beautiful lighted pre-rendered looking cinematic in half the time that it used to take ten years ago. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's really really good. It's really really good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about some demo reel stuff. Yeah. From the um, the experience that you had, what would you say the the biggest mistake you see in demo reels that you would have to either give feedback on or you would see coming through like just applications and things from like that you know what I see a lot of I sometimes I'll see a lot of really good people and they will have like 100% studio work okay and that's good yeah because you can see that they have that quality of work but the thing about it is you don't really know like how many people have been working towards working with them to get them to that like polished look mm -hmm. so I, I prefer to see a mixture of like studio work and personal stuff because the personal stuff means that you were sitting at home and you have almost no direction. Yep. You, maybe you have a couple friends who are giving you a, a couple of advice here or there, but there's no director, there's no supervisor. It's just like purely your own imagination mm -hmm. and your own workflow, which says a lot. Yeah. If you can do something at home, like a very, very high quality, it shows you have a drive, it shows you're very patient, mm -hmm. it shows you have the the willpower to just keep going and, and working on your animation every night even though you got like your whole other life to live in another job or whatever. Yep. It shows a whole lot. And uh, so really good personal stuff and really solid studio stuff together is like a great package. Um, I'd, I'd also say too that depending on who we might be looking for is like the types of animation that are out there on the reel. I was going to say it also helps you kind of see what 
that applicant or that person is like, are they more into subtle lip sync close up shots? Yeah. Are they more into that body mechanic action type of thing on their own yeah. personal side? Yeah, and you know what the funny part? Tell me. You can see like a little bit about someone's personality in their demo reel. Nice. Like I've I've seen people's demo reels where it was like all comedy stuff and it was very much kind of loud and yeah. and funny and that might be that person just likes to be like that. It yeah. likes to be the life of the party and be funny and and do gags or whatever. And then another reel might just be very serious and very calm and very like subtle and very and then you meet the person and you're like wow that's like <laughs> <laughs> you recorded all your own reference yeah. didn't you? yeah I would imagine yeah do you do you see a big difference between um, the professional reels and the student reels these days there's still a pretty big gap on students coming out from school and applying to say a blizzard like right out of school versus the professionals that are awfully maybe losing their jobs currently in this state yeah. and now applying because of that reason. Is there, is there a pretty big gap? Do you see that still, or is it kind of getting closer to... There are some amazing students that come yeah. out. I mean, it used to be where students would come out and they are just, like, all over the place. Right. They weren't really doing it right. They don't... They, their reel is not, like, workable to mm -hmm. jump in in the industry. But now you'll see students that are, like, super solid, fast, imaginative... They know the tools. They know all about animation. They've had a lot of experience already. Yeah. But then there's there's a wide range of students within that. But right. I've never seen so many high quality students like come out of school, and it's probably because of like all these online schools. These online schools are crazy yeah. good right now. Yeah. There's a lot of them. I honestly wish that I would have been into the university side ten years after I went, because mm -hmm. I went to. I think 2000 was when I started school and it's the same thing where it's like internet was still brand new Yeah, I was still wearing my pager probably <laughs> um, and there really was no resource on the internet other than like the behind the scenes on Toy Story yeah. or Monsters Inc and that yeah. was the only glimpse you kind of got to see behind like oh so that's how animation is made Yeah, we're not doing any of that in my school mm -hmm. so there's a lot of times where you sometimes knew more than your teacher mm -hmm. um, and would have to kind of adapt from there same um, same yeah Man, that's how it goes. It's so good, like it's that the schools are getting better and people are starting to listening to the industry professionals after twenty years ago. And this is not what we want in the applicants. We want yeah. the twelve principles. Go back to your twelve principles. And even when I think when I luckily got in here doing face effects, yeah, I still wasn't familiar with the twelve principles. And when we started doing that class, it was like, yeah, let's do them. Let's, let's do them. You know what I mean? Because you could use some practice, yeah. and everyone could use practice on their twelve principles, no matter how uh, many years in the game I think you've you've been in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but you were our first student. I was. Is that still going on? Are you guys still doing the class right uh, now? No, we're not doing it right okay. now. But I remember back in the day, you were our very first student yes. that we kind of started the like internal school the guinea you. pig you call yeah. me that's why I'm representing with the BFD shirt tonight too cool. I had to bring it out um, so let's go back to student reels what would you say as an animation student that you would tell someone to focus on while they're in school um, would it be the 12 principles would it be maybe just lip sync would it be body mechanics what do you think is most important for people in school right now to kind of focus on you know what I I kind of wish that I could one day like develop a program for school because I, I see a lot of I see a lot of schools doing it right with free tuition for <laughs> Curtis Pack. We'll just put that in right now. Yes, but like I feel I feel like what is missing is that a lot of schools will ask you to do an entire short film by yourself or maybe one or two other people, mm -hmm. and it's 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 super brutal. Like the the honest thing about it is that you 
rarely ever have to work that hard or in, the, in that type of environment even when you get a job. You're still mm-hmm. going to work really hard, but you won't have to do everything by yourself. So I, what, what I would say to people nowadays is that do baby steps. Okay. Do baby steps. Don't jump into like a really ambitious film if it's your first film or two. Yeah. Like literally start with like one shot and then make it really nice and solid and do the whole thing. Sound, animation, mm. editing, you know, make it as small and good as possible and then work your way up and do just a little bit more for your next one. Okay. You know, do quality, not quantity, is, is really the thing about it. Like, okay. And take baby steps and work your way up. Don't do like something really big and elaborate. It's yeah. it's really easy for students to bite off more than they can chew. I think a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I even even now I still bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do a dance animation. Um, I found a great choreography online with great references. A forward facing camera. I could see everything clearly, and I'm still blocking it out six hundred frames later. Oh wow! Yeah. So I ended up putting that on hold. So yeah. I'm like, I need something small and easy to digest. So I went back to yeah, a run cycle and attack for thirty frames or yeah. whatever. I couldn't agree more. Um, do you also feel like going back to just a bouncing ball every now and again is is good for someone to do even coming out of school? Yeah, you might have yeah. been doing that in school already. You never can do enough of that stuff. Yeah. Like it, you you never could do enough of it. And I think doing it, say you've done a, like a bunch of bouncing balls, it's really good to do it like maybe a little different every time. Yeah. Like if you've done it in three D a bunch of times, why not try doing it in two D? Mm. You know, and see yeah. and stretch out that way, and then you get a whole other different understanding of it. That's scary to think about. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Do a little flip book with the post-its. I could probably try that out. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of really good 2D stuff out there now. Too. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to just barely get it back into 2D right now. Are you playing with Toon Boom at all and getting into that side? I started using uh, Krita. Oh, okay. What's Krita, that? Krita, which is a open source. It's basically like an open source Photoshop. Oh, okay. It's made for painting. It's a painting tool, so it even has like more than Photoshop. But okay. it also has animation timeline and not really good onion skinning stop it's, it it's pretty dope yeah okay it's great you mark that down yeah. people open yeah. source is always good um and so it's, free, it's free free open source so. <laughs> the, my favorite word right there but they like they like donations yeah okay yeah they support them yeah. if you guys are using to support them maybe we can get uh, uh sponsored <laughs> we'll see uh, <laughs> again, with the lighting and with the tables and everything, this is going to be the best you'll ever see this podcast. So <laughs> we're going to put that out front. Um, let's talk about your style. Do you think you have a style when you animate, or do you think that it's constantly kind of evolving as you work on shows? I think it. I think it evolves. Uh, I definitely have like a certain things I do the way I work. Okay. Um, I have spent most of my time working at Blizzard, doing like a lot of like heavy realistic type of stuff yeah so that's what I know mm-hmm. that's what I'm used to doing and the more that I, I, I but I want to get more comfortable with doing stylized exaggerated stuff so that's I have a lot of fun doing that because yeah. it's, like, it's a huge new challenge and I, I'm always like not I'm never quite pushing it enough I need to get wackier and crazier and push myself in that direction did you get a chance to work on the Hearthstone musical cinematic yeah I worked on Hearthstone musical and I also worked on the Junkrat piece too. Okay. And that, uh. Those were super fun, and those yeah. were those were areas which I want to move towards because I, I like that stuff a lot. Okay. That's that's what I'm really digging. Did you find? Did you shoot a lot of your own live reference for those shots you were we working did, on? Yeah. Okay. We did yeah. Did you find that your acting also changed too when you were trying to get? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and uh, the the thing that I was really blown away by there was a one guy that worked on that named um, Joe Hallmark, and he brought this uh, this effect that they did. 
from uh, Blue Sky where, especially for the really cartoony type stuff, he would record himself. He, well, he basically would slow down the audio clip first. He would slow it way down. Hmm. And he would record himself doing it with a slow audio clip, kind of like slow motion. Okay. But he would still try to punch it up as much as he could and exaggerate it in slow motion. Oh, interesting. So then he would bring it back, after he recorded it and he found the good take, he would bring it back to real time, but now the real time is actually inhumanly fast. Yeah. You know, and it feels like a cartoon all of a sudden. So his reference actually was like mega, mega punched up. So ever, ever since then, I'm really like, oh, awesome. that's, that's really the way to do it if you're going to do reference for exaggerated stuff. Crazy. Where yeah. did he learn that from? Uh, it was Blue, Blue I think it was Blue Sky, yeah. He learned it at Blue wow. Sky. It's a really good technique. Because I've been telling people about your technique you told me a long time ago just with lip sync, mm -hmm. where you animate it to the T up front, mm -hmm. and then you bump it back one or two frames. And it, with the eye, it just yeah. somehow just feels better with the viewer eye versus what the, the mouth is doing and what the viewer is seeing. Yeah, you, the two frames tends to be what feels like locked into place. Yeah. Yeah. So going, back to, going back to workflow, do you have a different workflow when you go from that... that humanistic, heavy, pre-rendered cinematic look going to the Overwatch junk rat cartoon feel? The, it's kind of this... It, yeah, it kind of depends on what type of style. Like, for the cartoony stuff, I really like to do step poses and really focus on that and step, get, like... Okay. Keep working on these poses that feel like snappy transitions and snappy actions yeah. and overshooting and making sure that feels good in, in, the, in like, steps. Okay. You know, on twos and fours. Yep. And then I, I just keep working in that for as long as I can. And then just keep breaking it down till it's almost on ones. Nice. And then it's like when you spline, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's not much different. And then done, huh? Don't <laughs> worry about that dream killer the on dream ones. Killer. <laughs> <laughs> I no. hope you talk about that in your podcast. Uh, I have. <laughs> I've got a clip recorded about the dream killer. That was probably my first episode. You have a whole episode on yeah. the dream killer. Copyrighted. Yeah. Stamped. And then for the, the realistic stuff, it's kind of more like a lot of reference like a lot more shooting reference over and over again mm -hmm. and sharing that with people like the director and the soups until it's like really close. So for that stuff, oh. we actually get as close as we possibly can with reference. Okay, so you'll, that yeah. way director approves live reference. They approve the live reference and it's not that crazy different than the final. Yeah, you're almost animating one-to-one -one at that point. It's, I wouldn't say it's one-to-one -one because even the really realistic stuff, you're still like taking what you have and you're cutting out all the noisy stuff, the mm. stuff that doesn't really make sense, mm. that's not important, you cut that out and then you're still amplifying the moments that happen, like even say like an eye dart yeah. in a realistic live ref is going to be way amplified. Like if, if you have, you see the eye dart in the live ref in the animation, I might have everything on the face move with the eyes. Kind of the entire okay. face will move like with the eyes yeah. to exaggerate it. You don't see it the same way, mm -hmm. but it feels better because it's like you need to exaggerate the fleshiness like times 10 for the really realistic stuff. That's interesting to think yeah. about. That's a whole different style. They're very, very, very different. We even have, like, in, 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 among the crew, there's a lot of people that they just kind of do this or they just kind of do the exaggerated stuff. Yeah. They just kind of focus on that one thing. You don't have to be good at everything. You, don't, you say, don't need to do that. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to, st I mean, it's hard enough to get a demo reel under a minute, especially if you have a lot of work. And then to be like, well, what do I put in the demo reel? Do I put body mechanics so I focus on acting and I think in the end the studio that you're applying for I think is going to help you figure that out but do you think if <clears throat> if someone is putting in the real both body mechanics acting the cycles is that too much to throw at like a, a cinematics company like this or 
Um, should they more focus it on, like, if you're applying for business cinematics, you should put cinematic-type shots. Or if you're applying for Rockstar or Red Dead Redemption team, you should put more video game loops as primary. I would, I would say every company that you're going to apply for, customize everything mm. for that company. Okay. Remake your r- resume, your cover letter, your interview style, your demo reel, specific for that company. Do you I feel would, like making Blizzard coasters would be a good thing to include? Coasters, in the coasters, yeah, a coaster, yeah. maybe $20 <laughs> bill or something you want to throw in there too to help your chances. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else have you got, James? You brought notes. Let's see if we can be professional about this. Professional. Um, oh, here's a good one. Um, how do you feel about just stress and pressure in just being an animator or even just being in the video game industry? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not going to control. No, no, no. I was going to say, do you have certain things that you like to do to either just de-stress and kind of refocus your attention on animation, or they're just that kind of depends on the day and the mood. It's, it's. It can be a really tough industry because of like, for any 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 like game, film company, it can be really tough for the hours, and then the pressure of like I have to walk in and have like brilliant animation every day. That's really hard to do every day sometimes, right? So. There's a lot of stuff you can do. And I think the best thing you can do that I would tell people is like your mindset mm. is just to you're going to get you're going to get stressed because there's pressure or responsibility or or all, all, many other things. You're you're, you're, you're going to get yourself. stressed. You're going to get stressed. And yeah. typically most people think of stress as like oh that's a bad thing. That uh if I get stressed, I'm, it's going to affect my health. I'm going to die sooner because I get stressed or mm-hmm. something, you know. For me, it's gray hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to some degree, that might be true. But the, the more that I – because I study this stuff a lot. I, I, I've been through a lot, and I've studied this stuff and talked to a lot of people about, about this. So I think the new thing that I, that I focus on is that if you have a positive or negative outlook on your, the stress in your life, it will change your entire life. Hmm. So if you have a negative effect, if you if you think stress is negative and everything around you is kind of negative, I need to be I need to be calm. I need to calm down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> then <laughs> then like your whole your whole life is actually going to slowly be revolving around your negative outlook. Okay. And things actually they've done tests and stuff on this, and there's books written about this. How that actually you get more sick, you have you get more depressed, you have all this bad stuff will happen to you if you have a negative outlook. Mm-hmm. But if you think of stress as like a positive thing, that stress is going to help me motivate me forward and actually get me to be on point mm-hmm. and, and work hard, then, and it's a positive thing in your life, then, then you're going to be happier, you're actually going to be more healthy mentally and physically. And like, the thing about it is uh, it, it's easier said than done maybe sure. but it's very very powerful just that positive versus negative outlook on it do you take like walks every now and again during the day to kind of like refresh the mind or you got to yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing about stress is that you it's very easy if you work at any job that you're like I need to be focused I need to be I need to work hard I need to prove myself constantly but within yes. any company any company that you work for is going to like push you probably to your limits yeah and they will push you until you say no. Yeah. So you gotta, you have to take good care of yourself, no matter what, wherever you are, however you do it. You I always gotta take more. good care of yourself. You gotta take walks. You gotta eat well. You gotta still work out. Be like, nope, this is my time. I gotta. Yeah. This is my workout time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got, I, I'm not gonna work right now. I'm gonna. This is my workout time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Wait, I'm gonna be 
Uh, th- you know what? I, I agree 100%. And I am awful at trying to find extra time to go to the gym these days. Well, it um, could be whatever whatever it is. Yeah, I whatever. do the walks. I see you do the walks. I do I've the been walks on walks a with lot. you. Like, yeah. uh, the walks are really helpful. Yeah. It could be even, like, just sometimes I'll, I'll even, like, um, just go to my car or I'll talk on the phone with somebody for a little bit. There you go, yeah. Um, just to get out of the mind just space get a, of animation for yeah, a little bit. Get outside, get in nature, you know, take a break. Yeah. You can never it, it breaks are always good. It, sometimes you need a break when you don't think you need a break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, contrary to popular belief, you can take breaks. You can you take, can take a little yeah. relaxer to yourself and, and recharge. Yeah, man. You gotta take good care of yourself. You have to. You have yeah. to. I mean even just staring at a screen for six, eight hours a day is rough enough. I'm I'm now trying to get better at wearing those gunner glasses at night. Yeah, like I'll I bring eye drops now for occasional eye drops. I need like constant eye drops. I Holy need, smokes! Like, I went to my drops. first eye doctor in probably like ten years. Damn. Um, and he said surprisingly enough, I'm doing good. Yeah. The little high blood pressure, but I took <laughs> this crazy thing where you stick your eyeball in, and it takes a scan of your eye. Uh-huh. And he was able to see like the 3D model of my eyeball. So he zoomed in to the veins that connected to my pupil and to my iris. He's like, okay, let's go look in oh here. And I'm sitting there going like, this is my eyeball right. Okay. Can you see if I got cancer in there too? Because please, it was it was crazy the technology they have to look at that stuff. But he's like, you know what? You should probably use some eye drops more often to keep it look like keep it um, uh, moist. uh, Moist. Thank you. Yes, and the the dryness is what kills everything. So wearing those glasses lately have been helping with just the dryness and just the tiredness of the eyes. I'll even turn my monitor like way the hell down since I'm I'm animating. I'm not doing any lighting. I don't need to. I'll turn my monitor so it's like way less brightness and contrast. Just. People come by like, man, your monitor's dark. Yeah. <laughs> Do you got lights on too where you're at? Uh, uh not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was here, it was a little bit of a cave where I was at. Yeah, you're in the, the cave. The boys while, where yeah. I was at like the dark. <laughs> I don't know what what's bad, what's better or worse to have. I think having a little bit of lighting is good. Yeah. Uh, but not for a cave. A cave, okay. a cave is probably better. No. Yeah. <laughs> I survived. I looked like a zombie <laughs> after year three, but we were good. We were good. Um, one thing I've been getting into recently is trying to give better feedback. Because um, that thing I've also learned from you is the more you give feedback and the more you kind of step out of the animator role into the director role in your work, the more you kind of see that maybe you didn't see when you were animating for 12, two hours or three hours yeah. on it. Um, what are some tactics that you use to better help your own like inner director to kind of see maybe not necessarily like issues with your work, but ways that you can improve your animation before you get into like your dailies, before you shoot your director or something like that? Oh, about giving feedback. Yeah. It it used to be that when I would when I first was learning how to give feedback, I couldn't just like sit down with someone and open their shot and and give them feedback. Yeah. I'll be like, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it looks weird. <laughs> it looks weird. Fix that. I had to practice giving direction and I literally had to do my homework before we went to dailies. <laughs> Medic Medic <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> what did I say? Maybe we'll cut that out, maybe we won't. <laughs> Keep it live. Continue. Wrong pipe. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Take a pause. Okay. Take a pause. Yeah. And three, two. <laughs> <laughs> My tears. Oh man, this is good stuff. I'm sorry, James. How much did Directing. you put in there? Not much at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> honestly just the wrong pipe. Ooh, I got to uh, drive home too, so it's just a little. Just I little. can't stand when that happens. Oh, yeah. God. After you hit 40 years old, that happens all the time. Oh, don't too, tell yeah. me that, James. <laughs> don't tell me that. Whew. Okay. Thank so, you. Let's see. Uh, giving yeah, giving direction when I first was had to do it and was giving direction to a lot of people, 
I would sit down with them and I, I, would, I would say, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> just keep keep working, work work harder. Yeah, do, work, it, work. do it better. We we better. at this point were you already a supervisor, or is this like during when you first came in a blizzard and you were just giving feedback to people on like. I just became like I went. I started out as an associate to animator to like lead and supervisor, almost de facto, because I was just the person that was frustrated. Yeah, I was yeah. like, we don't have stuff. <laughs> we don't have tools. We don't have a person in place to tell people what to do. We don't have systems. We have nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I just did. I just started doing stuff. <laughs> I so claim yeah. the lead role. I like. I didn't it. even want that role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, you did it well. Dude. You did it real well with it. And uh, I just knew that it had to be done, and I was just like. Yeah, I'm just going to do it, right? Okay. And then so I gradually kept doing it more and more, and then after a while I was giving giving like actual feedback to people with directors and stuff. So I had to, what I had to do is like look at the animation for a while and sort of study it and really get my my words together first at my desk, and okay. I would even do drawovers and stuff at my desk, and then go to dailies and be like, okay, I just rehearsed that. And I'm yep. going to tell you what my pre-recorded words are. You know? Okay. Yeah. And that really helped out. I had to do that for years. You know, and then eventually it got to the point where I felt more comfortable, and I could like instantly see stuff right away. Um, still to this day, though, when I look at face animation, it's much harder to digest. Like face, a face lot of things going on. Face, there's so much going on with the face, and the bot, and the, your head is on, your head is on top of your body, and it's moving. It's a moving organism, and the face is like a subset of like your skeleton. It's a very mm -hmm. small part of your your whole skeleton. You know, so with the body stuff, you can see right away face is like a lot harder to digest so I would even ask people to like shoot out their work and just show me the face uh, so the face could, cam view just the face cam because yeah. I, I know what face cam looks like it looks weird yeah it doesn't look good but I know I know what a good face animation will look like when it's isolated mm -hmm. so that would help me like really nail down what might be going wrong with the face so back in the days you were like man I don't know what to tell you <laughs> but it looks messed up what were you going back to to kind of help like learn to give better critiques and better feedback were you going to particular books or websites or were you just kind of um, it was a lot of listening to what other directors would say over uh, the years yeah, yeah. like all these other directors that we work with and it would it would just be uh, principles and it would I would go through my checklist of stuff that I look for okay you know like does it does it have weight does it look believable does anything I would look at the things that stand out the most as like that's a problem mm. because the the, be, the best animation is like when you see character you don't see animation yep that's that's the you ultimate goal for it. everything you don't want to notice anything but character yep and you don't want to see any mechanics problems you don't want to see anything but like that stuff you hear that kids you go through all of this time at school try to get to the best studio you want to get to and the end goal is you don't want your animation to be seen you want it to yeah. be unnoticed <laughs> nothing sticks out yeah. it's got to be smooth as butter and it just looks normal yeah. It looks like a believable character, yeah. And that that takes a lot of practice. A lot you have to really, uh, really know the character and and know what know what to look for. That that was the thing about direction is that you when you give direction, you have to know the character and know what is on model and off model. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of research. If you get a brand new character that no one's ever messed with before, that's danger because then no one knows what the character is yet. And it, it, it sometimes takes like a lot of people to figure that out. Mm -hmm. It's not always that one person will figure it out. Like a lot of times, we'll have we'll work on a whole show together, and we'll er, everybody will figure out one little element about the character that we didn't know. Okay. And we put that together, and by the end of the film, we're like, oh, okay, I kind of know what this character is about now. Yeah, I have a good idea. So the, the next, the next thing, the next time we use that character again, we're we're just building on top of 
where we left off. You're like, that pose is definitely that character. That pose is not the character. Yeah. Don't go that far type of thing. The best way to learn is what not to do. Yeah. So I, after talking to a lot of people at like Disney or Pixar, they they sometimes they have enough time in the beginning to do like several months of pre-production and mm-hmm. figure the character out. R and D. And they, they they usually say stuff like, okay, we don't know exactly what the character is, but we know what they're not. Because all the work they did was all like kind of thrown out because it's like, okay, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. They, they, they try all the obvious stuff and they find out what doesn't work and then they're, they're left with these, these other really key ingredients, these really rare moments where it did work and then you're like piecing this character together. Yeah, it's a... It's easy, right? Yeah, just, you know, animation is easy. It's easy. That's the, uh, the topic of next week's podcast. <laughs> animation is easy. Um, man, I don't want to keep you too long, James. We've already been probably an hour, you think, yeah? I don't care, dude. Yeah, you we're, sure? Well, we're all good, yeah. Um, well... Let us okay. Here's a here's a good one. I know we're it's been mostly about students and coming out of school and, and kind of getting prepped for the industry. Yeah. Um, how would you prepare someone for the industry? Like, what kind of advice would you give a student um, coming out with a brand new reel, applying for the first time to a video game company? What kind of advice would you give? I, I would, I would definitely reiterate like uh, if. If they're coming out of school, they probably are going to be all personal stuff and school stuff. Mm-hmm. They won't have a lot of industry stuff to put on there. Mm-hmm. So I would still say quality over quantity on their demo reel. And I would say, you know, you don't need a lot. It, as long as it's good, it's really, like, thought out, mm-hmm. really, really, really well done. And also, you don't have to be good at everything. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of different types of animation out there, like lip sync and body mechanics and acting and, like, creatures. Or yeah. there's a lot of different sort of types of animation mocap now too mocap yeah, yeah like being good at mocap and face animation lip sync and all that stuff so you don't necessarily have to have all those categories on your reel mm-hmm. you know if you, you by, the, by the time you're out of school you might have already found sort of what you like so if it's acting then just do a bunch of acting and mm-hmm. then you know have a range of acting in there and maybe a little mechanics it, uh, it's, it's really as much, as much as you can do to the, to the highest quality like your people are going to remember your best stuff and if, if they see something that really stands out, you probably, and it's not, not that good, you probably want to remove it. Would you say putting in schoolwork is okay, or would you get rid of all schoolwork school work and just focus on, now that I'm out of cool school, let's just do my own thing and my own personal work? I say that the, the hardest thing to do is to be able to step back or have some of your friends talk to you, talk with you and say, yes. okay, what do, I need, what do I need in my reel? Yeah. Like I just did all this schoolwork is it good enough to put on my reel? You have to really be like clear-headed enough to say, okay, none of it. Yeah. But it helped me get to this point, and all the stuff I'm going to work on after this point is stuff that's going to be just for my demo reel. That's okay. You have to be willing to like kill your babies detach. and detach from that stuff. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. That was one of the biggest things I think I took away from college was just accepting critique and feedback. That's a whole art, right? That is yeah. an art form, and there was a lot of teachers that weren't friendly critiquers or yeah. feedback givers and you find that a lot and I think I think a lot of that experience in your first year of either at a job that you've never done or at school for art is finding learning about yourself and how you react to mm-hmm. those types of feedback sessions of like I always tell this story I had a life drawing teacher I was awful at life drawing I thought I'm going to 3D school so I'm going to freaking animate in 3D all day yeah. well little did I know the first year is all traditional 2D yeah. life drawing 2D animation drawing a perspective storyboarding 
so I'm sitting there in life drawing and we've got our model and everyone's drawing around me for the hour and I put up our <laughs> put up our drawings up to the hour and I liked to draw small back then so here I am with an 18 by 24 piece of newsprint and a drawing about yay big on it yeah everyone else has these big beautiful shaded winter drawings she gets to mine and goes you can drive a car around your drawing you need to draw bigger maybe you should rethink animation and do graphic design uh, just walked right on down the line yeah. and that was it that was it and that's yeah. when I realized like you know what it's time to either step it up or ship it out and sometimes those critiques really kind of push you yeah um, but I th again it comes down to I think how you internalize it and yeah. taking again take yeah. it positive don't take it negative if you get exactly that kind of seriously if it's something you want to do never give up yeah never give up because there's gonna be people there there might be people to tell you like I think you should give up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's an animation yeah. mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean that's what you have to do mm -hmm. you if I was just reading I was just reading about like Warren Buffett yesterday like that guy had so many obstacles in his way. Everyone said no to him in the beginning, uh, and there's a lot of really successful people that are, are that are like that. Yeah. The reason they're successful is, is mainly because they never gave up. Yeah. That's it. Because oh. they were persistent enough to just keep going. You'll eventually you're gonna get there. That's mm -hmm. all. That's all you need to know. Just, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Don't give up. Yeah. I would say that James, you're you're mildly successful in this animation game. What would you say some of your biggest roadblocks that you had coming into this industry were? If you could share those with us, of course. Uh, one big roadblock was just, you mean getting into it? Maybe not, it, maybe it doesn't have to be about getting into it, or maybe just uh, a struggle you had just in animation at some point. Where you're like, man, I cannot do a walk cycle for the life of me, and I had to focus on walk cycles for a month or something like that. It, I think there were, there were a lot of obstacles, and uh, there were definitely times where I just had to never give up. But... Mm. The, uh, it it pretty much just came down to putting in putting in the time, putting in the time, and you you have to sacrifice a lot of stuff to put yes. in the time, you know. And that's probably what I struggle with the most is because I put in so much time that hurt me in a lot of other areas, you know. Like oh, interesting. Yeah, like I if I were to look back on it now, as I, I I would be like, I I don't know if I need if I was required to work that hard. Oh, you know, like, okay. I, like you put in too much time at some points where you could have stepped back and either had some family time or I think when you social. I think when you start out you gotta you gotta put in the time. Yeah. When you start young. out you gotta put in the time. Yes. But I, I went through about fifteen years of of nonstop like crunch pretty much. It, it was like nonstop because there's this is this is a busy place. Yeah. It's a busy place. Yeah. So I'm at the point now where I'm I switch gears already. I'm like I'm I wanna make sure I have a healthy life, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really important to me now. Again, focusing uh, on yourself is not a bad thing, people. And it's a, mm -hmm. it's a lot about it's a lot about where I'm at age-wise. I'm, I'm like a little bit over 40. I won't say the exact numbers. Baby-faced James <laughs> over here. A little over 40. A little. Getting there. Still doing backflips on my reference, though. <laughs> but the age changes everything okay. where you're at, you yeah. know? Like, I would say when you start out, you really do have to put in the time. Um, and But now... I'm I'm finding that I absolutely I cannot do it. You can't do that for your whole life. No. You can't do like the two a.m. work every your entire life. You know. Mm -hmm. I, and I wonder about that too. Like with uh, with like the old Disney guys and stuff like that. Like a lot of the a lot of those animators didn't didn't necessarily work more than fifteen years 
at, with those type of hours and that type no, of Because they were smoking and drinking heavily <laughs> at the same time to get through it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those guys probably drowned some of their pain through that alcohol. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hard job. Because, goodness. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness for what they did and what they taught us and what they were able to hand down and what we can learn from them still. But they probably worked those guys to death in some cases yeah. with the crazy schedules that Disney had with trying to get out. Snow White proved themselves as an animation thing. Like I can't imagine those days there. Yeah, that's um, hard. That's hard stuff. I'm happy to say that I I haven't seen Crunch in a very long time here, which has been great. That's great. Um, that's great. But then you hear about these these studios saying like, oh, you know, I've been working 100 hour weeks for the last two months to get mm-hmm. this game out for you guys. Do you ever feel like like that type of pressure comes in on you when you're working? Like you have the pressure of the Blizzard fans, like, oh my god, I need to. I need to make this shot epic to kind of show these fans that I'm, I'm here for a reason. Do you ever get like that type of pressure outside? You every feel? single. Do shot. you really? Every, yeah. Everybody does. Okay. Everyone wants to work really hard. Yes. Everyone wants to work really hard. Everyone like has that in them, that fire to like want, want to make as, stuff as good as they possibly can. Yeah. And uh, we always try to try to do that with the time that we're given. Yeah. You know. I found that as a new pressure when I got in here because I had so much pressure. Before getting my first animation job in cinematics, was crazy. Um, the pressure at first was just me personally, my own goal. Like, I need to get an animation job. Mm-hmm. And then I got that goal, and then it was this new pressure of, like, now I need to prove why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And now I've got X million amount of people's eyeballs on this work mm-hmm. that I never thought about. Um, I go back to, I wish in college, I would have thought more outside the box, where I was more competing with my fellow students and not thinking about what they're producing outside of school and mm-hmm. looking at the animation that was done in like whatever games were out in 2001, 2002. Um, and then I got out there after school and I was like, holy shit, I was working on the wrong things. I didn't even focus on walk cycles. or Nobody's telling you what to work on. Nobody. No Back then it was, just, it was yeah. just nutty and wild west. And in some cases you would have teachers that said they were in the industry and really weren't in the industry and you had to kind of deal with things like that yeah it's um it's been a crazy turn um but let's ask some fun questions yeah um who do you say would be your favorite artist be an animator 2d artist what have you right now um my favorite artists are um cory loftus okay nice he's nice (laughs) one of my favorite dudes yeah um he's a disney guy he's Mm -hmm. like a disney character Came from Carbine originally, right? Yeah, he worked at Carbine, Carbine too. He worked at Carbine. Got Disney for Zootopia. Was this yep. a big thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 amazing. Uh, and I, I would love to draw like him, but I just don't. I I wish that... 36 your, hours in the day is your, all you need. Your style is, is like... You have to develop your style. You can't really choose what style, I think. so. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm trying to like emulate him. There's another artist that I really like uh, that I just discovered named Arthas Pilorge. Okay. And uh, he work. He's like a uh, goblins guy. Oh. Works in, in France, and okay. he, he went to school there. And I love his backgrounds. He does a lot of animation and stuff too. Nice. Those guys are really inspiring these days. Have you ever thought about doing like your own personal project outside of work? Yeah, I do a lot of personal stuff, um, but I, I don't really have it up anywhere. I okay. don't really. I haven't shared it very much. We're gonna get you online, gotta, James. <laughs> yeah. I had so I had James <laughs> give me a credit list. We're just gonna show this out of here. It's three pages of oh credits that James has. James has done a lot of animation for Blizzard Entertainment. He's probably worked on every cinematic you could possibly imagine. Um, but he's not on social media. He's not 
anywhere to be found on the internet, minus maybe a BlizzCon talk here and there. I've done some BlizzCon talks. I've done a bunch of talks, but I'm kind of off the grid. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of stuff. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah, because I was that was me a year ago. Yeah, like I wasn't even on Twitter, Instagram, none of that stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't until I saw a talk with Lana Bashinsky on the Heroes team. And she mentioned how big of an animation community there is in social media and how positive and supportive they were. So I gave it a shot, and I've been pleasantly surprised. So whenever you do it, please let me know yeah. so I can retweet everything you post. All right. And I can find your <laughs> website, and uh, the animation community will find you, James. I promise. All right. I absolutely promise. Um, what else do I got here? What would you say is your favorite film? Doesn't have to be animation again. It could be live action. I think my favorite film is the one, uh, Nausicaa, the Nausicaa. Nausicaa movie, yeah. Which it came out in the in the U.S. and it was first called Warriors of the Wind. Okay, that's what that was. What and that's it what got you into animation. That's what I got me into it. Okay, yeah. that's still my favorite. Was it because was it the story that got you into it, or was it the action in it? It was the story. The story. Okay. It was the story, and it's based on like a really old fairy tale, mm. and it it's kind of like uh, Miyazaki's like uh, life work. Okay, like he made. He made a, a he worked on this manga, on the manga for like thirteen years. Holy he spent thirteen years of working smokes. on the manga just by himself, and then he made a movie out of it. And I still to this day it's my favorite one of his. It's just this huge epic story. It's so good. If never if you haven't seen it, I haven't. Nausicaa, check it Nausicaa. out. Nausicaa, yeah. okay, it's on the list now. It's really it's good. Recorded. It's really good. Nausicaa. Um, we kind of talked about some of the activities you do to de-stress, but do you have other hobbies that you like to do? Just like climbing do you like playing video games outside of work are you kind of just like relaxing watching tv outside of work when you go home do you just you and the fam i'm uh i i really like indie indie video games okay. a lot i play okay. a lot of those and i like surfing and i like drawing and uh, i i i've recently started planting things in my backyard oh. and growing them and eating them yeah we're getting <laughs> the gardening and the gardening and farming very nice yeah. okay yep was that something you were interested in a while, the gardening thing? Or this kind That's of kind of new? recent okay. and uh, pretty about two good successful harvest yeah. years so far. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, you can still eat something that you grow. That's yeah, success to me. It's the best. Grocery successful. store is one thing. Yeah. Farmers market's good too, but yeah. when you grow it in your own in your own backyard, it's amazing. You know where it's coming from. It's you know amazing. what you've done yeah. to it. You know what kind of weather it's been through. As long as the caterpillars. Oh uh, yeah. man, I've got issues right now. So we we got a place last year out in Stanton. And um, I don't have really a backyard per se. There's a backyard, but it's like cement with like a little dirt strip on the cement currently. And we have these cats that like to come over and use my dirt strip as a restroom <laughs> currently. So right now I'm having a war with cats in my backyard. Oh man! Uh, so I can't currently plant anything oh, back then. I mean, no. I have fertilizer. Yeah. I have plenty of that to work with. <laughs> Cat ammonia. Dude, it just it kills me. Every time I go out there, like, let's go out play, baby. Oh, no, hold on. Dad's going to clean up some stuff. Um, James, is there anything you want to talk about before we kind of wrap this up with the tips? I think I think we hit. We hit a lot of stuff, things, man. Dude. We hit this a lot of been stuff. Great. Yeah. Um, challenge companies. Oh, uh, here's here's a good one. Um, for people applying again. Uh, maybe you already kind of talked about this. This is the the what do companies look for question, but I think you might have covered that with. You know, the demo reel having personal work and a mix of professional work. Um, could yeah. you talk anything about maybe if you get to that point where you're talking the phone interviews, like what yeah. you like to see in a phone interview or a face-to-face -face yeah. interview? I would definitely talk about that. Okay. I think what I would say for 
for our company as well as any other company. I think what, what people okay. look for... Let's say for any other company for now, just yeah. for... <laughs> <laughs> to be just, safe. Yeah, just to, to be, be safe, safe, you know. Uh, so I would say most companies are going to look for, if you have if you understand the craft, the first thing they're going to look for, obviously, is like how, how you deal with animation. Mm-hmm. How, what level of animation are you? Are you a solid animator? That's, that's big, right? Yep. But it's, it's actually only like maybe a third of what they might be looking for. The other the other part is going to be how excited are you about that company? Mm. You know, do you know about the company? Do you know the history? Do you know what they do? Like, are you interested in what they do? That's a lot of people might apply and be like, I, I've never seen your stuff before. And I've that, had that. Believe believe me, that happens like all the time. You you need to know everything about where you're applying. Everything. Can like, I elaborate on that? Have yeah. you asked like history questions in interviews before? I'm like, then what do you know about the company type of thing? Are you you kind That's of like that one off. of the first questions. Really? Okay. One of the first questions. Okay. And um, you'd be surprised. Hmm. Be surprised. Yeah. So you need to know a lot about where you're applying, and and if you don't, yeah. If you don't know, if there's things you don't know, then then show them how excited you are by asking questions. Yes. You know, and yeah. and, and ask a lot of questions that are that are interesting. You know, the other, and then the third thing, I would say, if there's three things, it's like your craft, how excited you are about the company, and then the third main thing, is it's just like your demeanor, you know, how professional you are, how much, how well can you work with people. In your interview, you should, you should be a mixture of humble and curious and excited. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no room for any ego. There's no room to like show off, or talk about yourself too much. Like, ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, don't answer with one word. You know, give give a good enough answer, but don't don't go on forever because they're gonna want to ask you a bunch of questions. You know. Mm-hmm. Leave room, have, have an awareness of the room. You know, like if you if you find you're the only one talking, then shut up for a second. Uh, and step listen. back for a second. Even though you're the one being interested, you still need to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, listening is really important. I am super sad you were not in my interview for cinematics. I wasn't, huh? No, it yeah. was Scott Goffman and Scott Abeta. The Scots. The Scots. It was double Scott. That was the first interview I ever had more than one person in. So I was sweating bullets. Like Scott will no make other. you sweat. Scott Goffman will make you sweat. Scott Goffman is a towering man, <laughs> and has very knowledgeable about everything involving yeah. video games. Yeah, it was a it was a very intimidating interview, but I felt like, because, luckily, because I had beaten Scott so many times in Dead or Alive at Swingin' Ape Studios, <laughs> we had a good understanding of each other. Oh, so it, was, it, it went well in that respect. Oh, but I would have good. loved to get your feedback now if you would have been in my interview for Cinematics just to see. Like, oh man, your first you would have you would have nailed it. Like you're. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of your best qualities is your professionalism and your... I didn't pay him for this, <laughs> just so you know. Curtis takes feedback extremely well. You're, like, a very, very good interviewer, and you're always professional and positive and fun, and, like, it, you, you never make it personal, and, yeah, it, it's super easy to hang. You know? and thank it's you, James. Cheers, cheers. Cheers on that one, sir. Um, let's finish it up with this. I want to do an animation tip or a career tip or art tip for every podcast. Um, so I'll start off with the animation tip for episode one for me. I'm going to go with the tip that I also got from James McCoy. Probably my first year in cinematics. Um, I was blocking out a shot for Diablo 3. It was Bill Campbell's shot. It's the close-up of Leia rubbing the side of dead Kane's face. <laughs> okay, that was my first shot ever in cinematics, yeah. kids. That wasn't face effects work. Um, and I went super 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 subtle because I thought in my head like man Diablo 3 is this humanistic it's subtle it's realistic this should be really subtle just with some nice overtones and interaction with De- with Deckard's face 
And the first thing James McCoy tells me is, go big. It's so much easier to go big and then pull it back mm-hmm. than it is to go super small, super subtle, and then make that bigger. Yep. So my tip is go big with your poses up front. Um, you'll thank us in the long run because it is so much easier to pull poses back and pull exaggeration back than it is to add more to it. So that's my, my pose tip. in the podcast. Yeah. Good tip. James McCoy yeah. certified. Right and I got there. that from Tex Avery. Oh, nice. Tex nice. Avery, Tex Avery tip. Okay. Cartoon, cartoon days. Yeah. Damn, I was hoping I was doing an original McCoy tip. <laughs> nope. We're going to scratch nothing, that. Nothing is t- original. <laughs> nothing. Man. Okay. So what, what original tip do you have, James? Cause you throw one out there. Yeah, let's see here. Um, We've had a lot in here already, but we're going we to have a little more. Let me think if I, if I had to say like one, if I had to say one tip, what would I do? Um, you, you know what? You know what my, t- my tip is? The w- and it comes down to like the way that I like to work. Yeah. Is do your homework. Okay. Do your homework. Like okay. whatever, whatever subject matter, whatever shot you're going to do. Yeah. The first thing I do before I, I do anything is I ask a lot of questions to wherever the project came from. Yeah. Like I'll ask a lot of questions to the director, like all about what is the shot all about? What's the context? What happened before? What's going to happen after? What does this character need? What is this? What's, tell me everything you can think of about this character. I'll ask a million questions till they're like exhausted. Awesome. You know, so you do your research. So you ask questions, and then I'll do. I'll get in the headspace of whatever the subject matter I'm doing. Like uh, if there there was one time where I had to do like uh, a creature, you know, and the creature would like swim in this special way, and I had to figure out how I was going to swim. So I, I had to research like how swimming and swimming movement happens and I didn't know anything about that so you have to you got to do all your homework and do all your research so by the time you're starting your shot you know everything there is to know mm. about your subject matter and that it takes a lot of time but it just makes everything easier and a lot of people are either too lazy to do that yep. they don't think they need it or they just think oh I'm just going to wing it I'm just going to start working I just want awesome. to start working but just jump in and go just jump in and go the straight ahead approach yeah don't don't I never like to jump in and go. I like to really think about what I'm doing first. As a side note, was that swimming reference the shot for, is it Frozen Throne, the Nagas swimming through the water? Yep. Ah! <laughs> We're going to cut that in on the video, too. That scene yeah. is great where they're coming up from the depths, right? Yeah, that one, I think Ben worked on that one. Okay. But the one that I had to do was when they're, squir- they're squirming on the beach. Ah, right after the they beach. came up on land. And that's still to this day one of the hardest shots we've done because... We didn't necessarily have the rig I was gonna say, to do that, yeah. And so we had to make up. We had to, me and the rigger work together to figure out the rig, and then figure out how to do the, the blend the torso into that snake body. And I'm sure there's a million easier ways to do it now, but we did a very getaway back oh then. Oh my yeah. god! Was it all FK too? You were using for the spine and tail to make it slither, or was it a a procedural thing we had hooked up on the spine to help that blend. It was kind of just all FK, oh. all FK tail, yeah. And then it was just like a manually blending it into the torso. Hot damn. Hot damn. It came out great. Cool. It was, it was a cool shot. That <laughs> no was a great no shot. Noticed. No one noticed. No. <laughs> movie magic. Yeah. You don't know what we hide behind those cameras yeah. at all. Well, James, thank you very much. Let's. It's been fun. Let's thank stop you. it up there. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Um, again, the Broken Tangent Animation Podcast, episode one with James McCoy, Principal Animator for Blizzard Entertainment, Animation Department. Thank you again. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, D. Yes. Signing off. Yeah. Yeah.